you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Live from New York, it's Sunday night. (laughs) Well, California. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Mark Sessler, Chris. Not Chris. It was Christmas here. Greg Rosenthal. That's weird. He's here. He is. Sometimes when you he walk is. in and you see the name, you know, you just walk by. And then there was other times where you just see it and you just like, it kind of stops you in track. It can be good. It can be jarring. But it's like, I can't believe, I still can't believe that we walk into this studio with his name on it in front of us every day. It is bittersweet. Um, but uh, yes, so we here we are in the Chris Wessling podcast studio. The week seven flagship program is here. And we're just looking for a few good teams. That's what it's now on Sundays, an investigation. <laughs> Where are the good teams? There have to be good teams. They're all in New York. Well, Gotta we be- have some teams in New York. We're also waiting for Jesus to return. And the likelihood of finding a batch of good teams is about equal at this point. So We, we know we know we have the bills. Like the NFL just took the live stream down. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it. you know, check us out. And you save it for the theology show, Mark. We know that we know that the bills are great. They're on by. So not that they need to be part of the investigation. We know the Chiefs are very good. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, we know the Eagles are undefeated. Let's see if we could find some teams that we qual- that qualify as good okay. by the end of today's episode. That's a little challenge for both us and the listeners and viewers of the live stream. So, yes. Is that, are you guys ready to dive into some football? I'm very ready today. I enjoyed this afternoon. I'm in a little bit of a state of mourning because of some news that came down around the uh, most impactful young jet on offense in a very long time. Uh, so I am very much in uh, professional mode right now and processing the grief while also knowing we have work to do here. You are, um, of most many of the adults that I know who are football fans, you are a dyed-in-the-wool true Jets fan who set, you know, spent the weekend tracking the Yankees, too. It's been an up-and-down no, journey great. for you. So you are a professional, Dan. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, so without further ado... Uh, the professionals roll on. Let us start this week. Yes. With one of the teams, uh, that we know very good. The team they were playing. Not so sure. Maybe, maybe not. Well, let's see what happened, uh, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas city chiefs. Time to throw over the middle. Juju Smith, Schuster wide open. 25, 20 jukes to safety. 10 gets a block. Angling near side pylon. Touchdown. Kansas City. It is yards after catch all day long. A 45-yard touchdown reception by Juju Smith-Schuster. And we know Mitch Holtis of WDAF is all class all the way. A little, you know, a little, yeah, yards after catch all day long. Everybody calls the 49ers the Yak Brothers, Mm. but look what Juju Smith-Schuster and company are doing. Uh, for the Chiefs, who roll to a 44-23 win 
over the Niners at the big bell bottom. Mahomes <laughs> throws for 423 and three touchdowns. And Kansas City comes back from double digit down here, boys. Uh, and they do it. It's actually, you think about this game, and it just ended you know, a few minutes ago. They were down double digits in this game, but that's what they were early on. But once that Kansas City machine gets going, it's, it's really a sight to behold still, even now. Even more impressive now, Greg, because Tyreek Hill's not there anymore, and he's ancient history because this team is generating more big plays downfield now than they were last year when they had the greatest downfield playmaker of this generation. I think that was what was missed in the Tyreek Hill discussion in the offseason. Yeah, maybe they're not back to where they were when they were in the playoffs. And what was the score in that Texan divisional round game? 24 to nothing, and you just expected them to come back. Uh, But a year ago, that was the worst Chiefs offense of Andy Reid's life, including when he had Alex Smith. And they weren't going to stay down at this level. And he tinkered and he fixed some things up. And he's got the Michael Jordan of football. And suddenly you're putting 9.1 yards per uh, play. Per play. Get out of here. On the number one (laughs) or or maybe the most talented defense in the league. I mean, that said, there were obvious questions and I think fair concerns about whether Juju Smith-Schuster would become a force in this offense, whether Marquez Valdez-Scantling would. They both have 100-plus yards today, and the deep passing game from Mahomes is totally on, and they are yards after the catch. It just seems like every week it's a different person stepping up, and I kind of love their versatility, which before it really boiled down to Tyreek Hill, to Travis Kelsey, and now you don't know which guy's going to wind up playing hero. And I think the last couple of weeks, too, Juju has looked great. He has. He he really feels like you could tell he's getting more and more comfortable in this offense. You kind of forgot how, even though he's not the flashiest player in terms of uh, athletic ability, what a big-time playmaker he was for the Steelers before Ben got old. And then everything kind of downshifted in Pittsburgh. Now you see him playing with uh, a big-time quarterback, the the best quarterback in the league, arguably. And I think that's kind of the skeleton key here as well. I mean, it's it's Mahomes' greatness, which is – uh, his ability to lift others up, and and I'll say this because we, you kind of, you were challenging Aaron Rodgers to do the same thing at Green Bay, and I think Green, uh, Aaron Rodgers is an all-time quarterback himself, but it's not that easy. But Mahomes makes this stuff look easy, and it helps that Andy Reid is there to help him along right. the way. Right, Andy Reid helps with the structured plays and the schemed up plays, and they came up with plenty of those. But Mahomes makes the plays that almost no one else can make. I I know he had the late interception last week. I think on a week-to-week basis, he would have my nod as as just the best quarterback in the league thus far. I I mean, and this is a ridiculous number to put up at the end of the season in kind of the MVP race and everything to do this on the 49ers of all teams. It's tight with Josh Allen, and there are different types of quarterbacks. But I think sometimes what I feel gets lost with Mahomes is that he makes these flashy sidearm throws and does stuff that looks video game arcade-like. But he he just does the basic quarterback stuff as well as anyone in the league. And when they're throwing the ball this way against – I know the, the Niners are a little banged up. But against a defense like this, it's like, I don't know what the ceiling is for the Chiefs. I don't think there is one. And on the Niners side of things, of course, this was the debut of Christian McCaffrey, who had a role. He had 10 touches in the game, looked good, especially early on in some runs. And, you know, it just does show you that Jimmy G is ultimately, the stat line looks fine, but uh, he threw an absolutely dreadful interception in the final seconds of the second quarter that kind of changed the complexion of this game. I know the Niners kind of got back into it a little bit at one point in the third quarter before Kansas City just put their foot on the pedal again. Uh, But Garoppolo's interception there is just kind of a reminder that 
he's just, he's not special. And when you get into these situations with the Niners being compromised on defense because of the injuries, it's going to be a problem uh, in these types of affairs. He looked really good early on, and it was kind of like, oh, when when everything around Jimmy G is functioning and he's he's you know uh, in his accuracy mode. He's fine. But I mean, late in the game, it was concerning to see him just sort of walk into a sack. That was a big problem. Then on the next play, Frank Clark goes right around Trent Williams and devastates him in the end zone. Like everything just started to fall apart for them. Right. Their recipe is what their recipe kind of was in that Super Bowl until the fourth quarter. It's it's running and uh, it's defense and they are banged up. And they will get more players back, like Eric Armstead. But they did have a lot of their guys back today. Now, maybe they don't play at their very best in their first game back. Like, Bosa was back. Uh, Charvarius Ward did end up playing in this game. They get they get McCaffrey. They get Trent Williams back. I just think it's just a reminder to me that the Chiefs and the Bills, you're, you're talking about those good teams. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of those good teams are in the NFC. It doesn't feel like right. to me. And that these two teams are kind of in one bucket and the Eagles are this new team. And I, I almost put them in, a, in their own separate thing. And then there's everyone else because the 49ers are three and four. And yet they're probably not in a bad spot, really, in the NFC West or the NFC. All right, well, let's, how about this, Greggy? Let's yeah. go through it scientifically. OK. As we stated at the top of the show, Chiefs, good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Maybe great. Yeah, I, would say, I great. could say great potentially. But yeah, OK, they're, they're good. We're looking for good right now. OK, okay. we're going to figure ladder. out great. Uh, 49ers, good? Good. I think they are good. I know they All lost right. this game. I'll just but go I'm by still, majority rules, but the three and four also, Niners like, are good. You're good if everyone around you is a sinking that, ship. Hey, this is science. Right. Science is science. They are three and four. It's a fa- it's a very fair point to make <laughs> after seven weeks. Not really a hallmark of thing uh, teams that you would call good. Let's check in with North, into, uh, North Texas to see if we can find some more goodness. Oh. Three minutes, first and goal at the one. Prescott under center, Pollard motion right, handoff Elliott, burling on the left side, wait for a signal, touchdown, two for Zeke, touchdown Elliott, that might be enough. <laughs> and it was Brad Sham, the Sham God, K-R-L-D, Zeke Elliott ran for a pair of one-yard scores, Dak Prescott threw a touchdown in his return to the lineup after thumb surgery, and that Cowboys defense did what it does, forcing five turnovers and a 24-6 over the mo- No, I won't do it yet. Well, you could. I could, but I won't. Over the struggling Detroit Lions, uh, a game here, um, Greg, that also featured, and we'll get into really the flashpoint of the game, Dallas recovered Jamal Williams' fumble inside its own one with a four-point lead early in the fourth quarter. That I guess that was it. It was because there just wasn't enough consistent offense from either team that at, at that point you realize it just wasn't going to be the Lions day. It was the third time they had turned it over. Goff had a couple late ones, but he also had two ugly picks. This game looked like two How very... How many picks for uh, Goff here? He had two, two, two interceptions. And two fumbles. Yeah, the no, two no, fumbles no, 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 were no. in garbage time, uh, but okay. they had three killer turnovers, including that Jamal Williams one, even before garbage time. It was a 10-6 game, and the yardage was even. And, you know, that even with three minutes left in the game, it was still 10-6. to six. Uh, So it was close, and yet the Lions just find a way to mess it up. Their, their offense now two straight games after everyone talked about, like, this is the number one offense in the league, has scored zero, and then they scored six. So that's no touchdowns. It's I think troubling. In the two games, they have a combined 
eight turnovers, I believe, or seven turnovers. And uh, Goff was flummoxed. And I love how the Dallas defense has more than just Parsons. Parsons had a good game, but Sam Williams had a monster game, this rookie pass rusher. Just like new guys pop up each week with a couple sacks. I mean, the Cowboys could beat anyone in the league outside of maybe, I think, Buffalo and Kansas City. Cowboys good? I think they are because they ha- good. I think they Got have em. a great defense. Give me a check mark. Give me a ding. Great <laughs> I think digger. they have a great defense. And also, I mean, you are causing some of these turnovers. I, if, if you're the Lions, you wanted you wanted at this point to be three and three, maybe. <laughs> you need to not be making mistakes that absolutely crucify yourself. You, you, your second half drive. What's chart, with all the Jesus stuff in this episode? All right, that caused you issues. I wasn't trying to go there necessarily. <laughs> Said the theology episode. I mean, but it's so Lions, and we apologize to the Lions fans at this point. Why? Uh, uh, well, so this we, is our fault. What did we do? It's not our fault, but oh, it's our fault. If I was a Lions fan, I just it, we didn't need to. You know, we picked them as team around the NFL. And they, they lost five straight. So it was just very Lions. Where that play where he he fumbled on the one yard line, Dan. They may, had a nice uh, reception. Uh, he was going in. Looked like he scored a touchdown. They could have challenged. Dan Campbell could have challenged it. He decided not to because it was first and goal. Replay showed they actually probably would have moved the ball forward. Uh, a, like a half of a yard because it was a bad spot, but it wasn't a touchdown. So it wasn't like a crazy non-challenge. And then Jamal Williams, who fumbled, that was his first lost fumble of his career. He's in year six. So it's not like like there's something you can coach here. It just is like this is what happens when you're a Lions fan. Well, you know what else happens? Dan yeah. Campbell now, I believe, 4-18-1 as a head coach. And this is becoming something of, an, something of an unfortunate tradition on this show on Sunday nights. Let's listen to sad Dan Campbell. I'm frustrated from losing just like I was last year, just like I was any time I lost, just like I was at New Orleans when we lost a game. And, you know, it, you, you don't like to lose games, you know. And uh, But I'm not down and I'm not losing confidence. I'm not uh, going to go hide in the corner. Um, this is the sad Hard Knocks music. Someone gets injured or gets called into the GM's office for a chat. I feel like that's where we are. It does feel like a long time ago now that Jamal Williams was the comic relief of the Hard Knocks summer episodes that were so well received. And if you want, go resurface the Hard Knocks podcast this week. I think you should. I think people people should probably listen to it in in its completion. Um, So the Lions at one and five, it's more of the same, unfortunately, for that team. It, it is, um, and I think Goff has shown his limitations. Remember early in the season, I was trying to say, I don't think he's playing like that well. He was producing. He, he was. He was in the system, and they had bad luck. Amon Ross St. Brown returned for this game and then left after the first couple of plays with a concussion. DJ Chark, who was supposed to be their number one receiver, is now an injured reserve. That was a late uh, week addition to injured reserve for Chark and DeAndre Swift didn't play in this game. So they've had, they've had terrible luck and they happen to show up on the week. You know, Dak Prescott shows up. Yeah. I thought Prescott got better. Let's hear from a zaddy on Dak. I thought Dak performed better as the game went on. I, you know, I think it's like anything, you know, it's the first time he's been out there in quite some time. Um, so, but, you know, starting with the command of the huddle and the whole operation, oh. I thought he was really Uh-oh. on point there. Um, so, you know, handled the adjustments that were going on oh. during the course of the game. So, you know, do, those are the little things that don't show up in the – or the big oh, things that don't show up in, in the stack columns. I like that I have the same analysis as the actual NFL head coach here. Zaddy, stop it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> 
He was out of rhythm. I don't think he, you know, he had, okay. a, he had a couple incredible throws like in the third drive of the game, but for the most part, their offense wasn't great. It was successful when they were running straight at Detroit. But that's one of the reasons why the, the Cowboys are good. I think their offensive line has gotten better and they can run the ball. And they did today in the key spots. They have a great defense and they have a, an experienced quarterback that who didn't play great today, but on that game winning drive or game ceiling drive, really, he had a third and eight and they were showing pressure and then he changes the play before the snap and he picks the exact receiver to hit and then they end up running in a few plays later. Like that's the Dak Prescott experience you weren't getting with Cooper Rush. And that's why it's unanimous. The Cowboys are good. The Lions, we don't even have to call to vote. No, decisively good, the Cowboys. Let's move to Charlotte, where the Tampa Bay Bucks are obviously good. They have the Tom Brady, right? So they no. they were going to cakewalk against the the Panthers, and that's what happened, right? Negative. What? Spoiler alert! Walker the snap fires downfield. Tommy trebles open, makes the catch, touchdown Panthers. That's gorgeous. <laughs> I like that. Who was that? Anish Roth. And that was either Jake DeLome or Luke Keekley on WBT saying, that's gorgeous. What a crew. We need more Panthers <laughs> highlights this year. DeLome and oh, Keekley yeah. in the booth. Turn up the tremble. <laughs> because the Carolina Panthers, I think they were 13 and a half point underdogs. And what do they do? They hang a 21-3 win on the Bucks. The Bucks and Tom Brady. What the hell is going on here? Mark. Uh, everyone saw it. The worst drop of the year was uh, Mike Evans all alone, which would have been a long touchdown on the third play from scrimmage, and that was the closest they ever got to scoring. I think that set the tone. And it's it. their offense has become an increasing calamity. And uh, today, it just I, you can see everyone's frustration. It's not just Brady. I, that, after that, that drop was one of the worst drops I think we've ever seen. <laughs> During the run it of this podcast, I mean, it was a drop. Especially, well, oh, it was it's just, also it's also who it was. It was, it was borderline yeah, right. Hall of Fame. This that, isn't Alan Lazard on no, opening that night. That would have unhooked them, I think. And I think that I think it's just like they're not mentally tough on offense right now. When things don't go well, you can just see it seems to catch up with them. I mean, there are other examples because they were down seven nothing. This game was a a mess for a long while. They were down seven nothing midway through the third quarter. It's fourth and one at the Carolina twenty-five. Leonard Fournette stopped, stuffed. Drive over. Three straight incompletions um, from at the Carolina 8 on a later drive where they scored. They end up winding a, kicking a field goal when they were down 14 nothing. I don't even know why you're kicking a field goal at that point. you got to get a touchdown, I think. What? That's, That's an insane says a lot. field says a lot. goal. Yeah. Four, oh, my God. It bothers Greg, me. call off the balls of Sons. Call it off. I mean, it's not happening for him right now. Uh, we it was got, fourth we got and some eight season to go, but that field goal uh, that was that was removed the Sons. That was a mess, and it tells me how much <laughs> they don't trust what they can do. It was twenty-one to three. Remove the Sons. <laughs> it's twenty-one to three. It's fourth yes, and Mark. eight from the Carolina twenty-eight. Brady is lucky he doesn't throw a pick. I mean, it's just like Brady is not. He he'll make good throws every game, but this offense is so out of sync. And I think what happened there is because they kept crumbling. That opened the door for P.J. Walker, who had 10 straight completions at one point, and his 11th was an absolute beautiful touchdown dart in their ground game. Everyone's talking about they're, they're, they're cutting to highlights of Christian McCaffrey showing up in San Francisco in sunglasses. Oh, sorry, Panthers fans are saying, forget about it. 
I don't, like they looked great I on mean, the ground. He looked really good in the sunglasses, Christian. He did, but he Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman ran over this Bucks defense. Like super hot. And Chuba Hubbard ran over this Bucks defense. And I, you know, they they're really banged up. The thing a is, running the Bucks, back can only do so much, especially on this Panthers team. Yeah. I mean, yes. their whole Bucks secondary was they lost two more guys in the secondary. They were already missing a bunch of people. So as soon as these guys got past the first layer, they were eating up like 35. There were a lot, a lot of long runs in this. It was just a beatdown. This season the Bucks is getting, are not a good team right now. Yeah, no. absolutely. Ooh, let's, we're we're going to call a vote soon, but I, I I know where you're going with it, and I might agree. The fact that I, I'm down for calling off this Bulls-assance, if there ever was one, Greggy, is not even so much because well, the, of the offense. Of course there was one. They won the, the Super Bowl. But, uh, can, I, can I say one thing? I think yeah. this team misses Bruce Arians. Okay, I really well, do. that's kind of where I'm getting at because it's not just the offense that's struggling and Tom Brady that's unable to get really uh, warmed up and get going. The defense has really come down to earth um, now and, you know, to get run over the way they did in this game, there's just nothing. What do the Bucks do well right now? You have to look at only one side of the ball, and they are not doing things well on that side of the ball they, today. You no, know, you're right. Uh, they they're pretty good pass defense, but you're right. They were they were, the defining trait of a Todd Bowles defense throughout the years is a great rush defense, and they've collapsed in on themselves. And then you start to question, well, who are we really? Because if the if the Bucks, who have had some of the best run defenses in NFL history, and so so did the Jets back in the day, by the way, when they had Todd Bowles. Sure. Uh, if they can't do that, then it it does sort of poke a hole in, like, who are we? And Chris Godwin, I, I think this has been a little underrated. You know, sometimes you come off a torn ACL and people are like, oh, great, we have him back. He has not been Chris Godwin uh, of old. No. And I will say one thing. You mentioned Devin White um, is possibly who they were calling out as a Todd, as a, Bowles, as Todd yeah. Bowles, as a player that was still sort of living in the Super Bowl glory. There was a um, huge run in this game where Devin White just looked completely out of position. And it, it seems to be happening week to week that there's something going on with, with him or someone else in the defense. So I don't think you can even say that the defense is a real strength right now. They were out-muscled today in every possible wow. way. This is it's wild. They are injured, though. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, by the way, um, won this game. Again, 13.5-point underdogs starting a third-string quarterback after trading their franchise star, Christian McCaffrey, and a report surfaced that they had turned down two first-round picks for Brian Burns, which I'm I not buying was that. outrageous, that reporting. Um, Tom Brady hasn't had a losing record this far into a season since 2002. Two first. Uh, let's listen to Todd Bowles <laughs> and see where he that. stands on the Bucks. We have to wear this on our sleeves. They got to be grown men. We're going to see what we're made of, how many people can handle adversity. And it's about as dark as it's going to be right now. You better hope so, Todd. Uh, before we take a break, are the Bucks good? Mark, you said no. Not right now. No, they they are. They were the biggest. Fa- they're the the people who have created the two biggest upsets in the NFL all season in back to back weeks. PJ Walker, three and one, by the way. As starting quarterback of the yeah. Carolina Panthers. Well, today he looked like he earned that win. It's not <laughs> always been the case. not good. We'll be right back after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. So the Bucks aren't good, but how about the defending AFC champions? Let's check in 
with Cincinnati. Now Burrow throws toward the left side. Back shoulder throw. Chase makes the catch. Cuts it into the field. And the chase of Chase is unsuccessful. A 41-yard touchdown. The Bengals' fourth TD in four first-half drives. My goodness. The Cincinnati Bengals are rolling. Joe Burrow passed for 345 yards. In the first half. And the Bengals rolled over the Falcons 35-17. Could have been worse. They took their foot off the accelerator late. Burrow finished with 481 yards and four total touchdowns. What? We now welcome in the pipe. Nick Shook, our AFC North consigliere. Uh, Pipe, I watch this game as well. And uh, it's just a lot of fun uh, to see. In a season... Overall, where sometimes the fun quotient is lacking at the quarterback position especially, and we even saw it with Burrow when he had that meltdown in week one, to see him clicking again and to see Jamar Chase get figured out and T. Higgins healthy and Tyler Boyd showing he's one of the more underrated guys. This offense is scary good when it's turned on. It's almost as if Zach Taylor threw caution to the wind and said, you know what? Look, we have all these weapons on offense. Let's stop trying to be somebody we're not. Let's play the almost the entire game from the shotgun. Let's Spread just throw out. the ball around the yard. Why does it take six weeks happens. to do that? Oh, well, sorry, Greg. What, pressure, what, what shirt did he have on today? Which polo did he I'm have on I'm just saying, Greg? like, oh, wow. He thought to be aggressive with his amazing quarterback and spread it out. Like I think here's the thing. What a thought. Well, here's the thing, boys. Well, actually, let's hear first from Zach Taylor, who might be answering to some of the snark. I hope you all listened to me as I got up here at 0-2 and just said, just be patient. This, this season is very young. We know what type of team we have. I know the faith that I have in these players and coaches. And that's what they've done. That's actually like a V-neck T-shirt he's wearing. Greg, I wonder, and it's fair to wonder, and I bet if you had a conversation with him, he might even say this, this type of offense that he's running now, he probably didn't feel comfortable running it when they couldn't protect Joe Burrow, and he's getting his butt kicked week after week to start the season, and now that the offensive line has gotten better, that perhaps they're able to run the offense that they want to, and we're seeing the results. That's just a counterpoint. Yeah, you know, Shooky, you tell me if, how the line looked today. Now, the now this is the perfect matchup for it against the Falcons team, who's not a great pass rushing team. They lost AJ Terrell, their best player. They lost on a defense, lot of guys in this game uh, early. But I like even a week ago, and and, and I uh, am taking the L here. The rainmaker. Uh, brought out the sunshine in Cincinnati. I could not have been more wrong uh, oh, in this game, by the way. Oh, a lot of people Greg. Yes, and, uh, I, you know, I might have a good one later coming up, at least, to, to even it out. But, <laughs> Never uh, chase it. Never chase it, Greg. No, uh, like, <laughs> this is a game where I, I was so wrong. Was it a game you thought shook that they did protect well? The point I was trying to get to is I didn't think they've protected much better the last couple of weeks. I just think they've kind of adjusted and gotten rid of the ball. Like, the Saints game, they didn't protect well at all. Yeah, uh, there were many times, I think, where Joe Burrow had to escape the pocket and kind of extend the play. But the difference you already mentioned, they lost A.J. Terrell early and they didn't have Casey Hayward already. They were playing Mm, with a skeleton crew in their secondary and the Bengals feasted on that. And and again, they just kind of threw caution to the wind and said, let's throw the ball around. And and you know what? Joe's going to have to get out of the pocket and extend some plays sometimes. And he might take a few hits, but we have so many weapons. It's worth the risk. We might as well go with it. And it produced a ton of points for them. And for a second there, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but a lot of people on Twitter were... 
We were watching out to see if Joe Burrow would flirt with the single game passing yards record. He didn't get there because they kind of slowed down in the second half. But when the Falcons made it interesting just before halftime, I was thinking, oh, they got to stay aggressive. He might have a shot to hit that mark. He didn't, but it was still. It a was it was that. the epitome of um, scrappiness for the Falcons because this game looked like a grisly blowout early. And then the Falcons put together uh what are they? 17 points in the last six minutes of the second quarter to make it interesting. Uh, but that was it. They got things straightened out. And, you know, Mark, I think with with Burrow, it's interesting. They have Mixon and they have the ability to have a balanced offense. But in this game, they're just passing the ball. Oh, they're always passing the ball <laughs> and they just don't want to give in and have that balanced offense. But I guess maybe again, maybe you're just playing your strengths. And if Burrow is feeling it on a Sunday, you should be passing I, at the goal line and everywhere else. He has a 13 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio since that opening week like situation with Pittsburgh where he threw the four picks. I mean, he looks great. I don't know why you don't just keep doing this. This is not that different than the magic carpet ride we talked about that they went on last year. He wasn't protected well during that situation. He was on the run. He had to make plays. But the big play offense, to that was what was missing in the early part of the season. It's back now. Jamar Chase is back. And I think if you can unlock this offense with Jamar Chase doing what he's doing, they can compete with really anyone in the AFC. And Shook, on the Falcons side of this, I just want to throw this out. It's, a- it's the Falcons trailed by 10 plus points for the final 50 minutes of this game. They threw the ball 13 times. <laughs> I mean, even this That's is them doing what they want to do. Right. Though. And yeah. it's like we talk about San Francisco's inability to play from behind. Atlanta's game plan is <laughs> is so flawed. If anything goes out of whack and this game was the perfect uh, judgment of that. Yeah, I, I watch them every week and I think, you know, this team, they show flashes of figuring it out, of getting it, of finding something that works. They just can't ever – sometimes it's a half. It's usually the second half where they go into the halftime, make adjustments, and and they're suddenly a different football team. They haven't really been able to put together four quality quarters of football in one game to go win these games. Remarkably, they entered today at 3-3 three and three somehow. But, yeah, you're right. 124 passing yards for Marcus Mariota. 75 came on one throw on a touchdown pass to Demir Bird, which is his first reception of the season. So it's like catching lightning in a bottle with them, except the storms are few and far between. So you're kind of just stuck with what's remaining. Like, I got love of Arthur Smith. I think he's done a good job. And, you know, last year in this with the talent they have. But if you look at their talent, the idea that Drake London and Kyle Pitts have 18 yards in this game, there's some mismanagement going on there, I think, to some degree with guys that could be making a much bigger impact on offense. It is not too early to panic anyone that is a fantasy owner of either of those players six <laughs> targets for 18 yards and they just this was the perfect test unless he, he can't sleep at night Arthur Smith and he's like god what was I thinking today I gotta start throwing the ball but there could be some trust issues there as there as well speaking of trust issues Nick Shook the Browns the Browns man they got to be hard for you to trust this season let's check in their game in Baltimore 60-yard field goal try for rookie Cade York to tie the game. Snap is down. Kick is blocked. It is blocked. The ball will fall at the 10, and it will be down there. Two minutes left to play in Baltimore. That has kept hope alive and kept the Ravens in front. Wow. Well, I guess there was over two minutes left, so Jerry, Jerry Sandusky didn't even hit us with a haze in the barn. WB. A-L. Yes, the Ravens managed to avoid another fourth quarter collapse, um, helped in large part to some huge penalties hit uh, with uh, the Browns uh, committed in a 23-20 win. Um, 
Baltimore had a big rushing day, 160 yards on the ground, and they are in a tie atop the AFC North uh, through seven weeks. Shooky, uh, tell us about this game because this seemed like another one where Baltimore had it in hand and then things got hairy. Lamar Jackson completed nine passes today. That tells you everything you need to know about their offense. And yet they were able to pull out a victory because of the way their defense played, because of the way the Browns shot themselves in the foot repeatedly with decisions and with questionable penalties, which I think Browns fans have a case uh, to complain about some of the penalties in that last drive. But it was about more than that. Baltimore, you know, they get a, a strip sack of, of Jacoby Brissett. They turn that into a touchdown. They didn't move the ball all that well offensively, except for that last drive where they're draining clock pounding on the ground looking like the ravens of 2019 and 2020 again a team that we haven't seen really do that with authority that much this season that's where they shifted to and that was without jk dobbins but really i i hate to say this this is probably a game they maybe should have lost and, mm. and the reason i say that is because that fumble with a little bit over three minutes left was the worst time possible except for the fact that they were deep in browns territory most other offenses are probably going to go down there and make you pay, but the Browns offense, because they cannot put points on the board when they need to quickly at the end of games, they continue to struggle. And on the Browns side of things, man, I said last week that Kevin Stefanski had his worst performance as a coach. This was not much better. He made some bad decisions. Third and two, you got three, you know, two and a half minutes left, whatever it is. You got the NFL's leading rusher and Nick Chubb me. in your backfield, and you take a shot to Amari Cooper Come that on. results in an offensive pass interference and pushes you out of field goal range. Although you got to explain the whole range. thing, like which is that for a second there, and this is why it's got to be tough to be a Browns fan this year uh, and every year, I guess. It, it looked like they took the lead. You know, it was a dime. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett was playing fantastic on that drive. He made a, a number of really good plays, and it looked like a go-ahead touchdown, and then you see the flag, and it was a good call. Cooper pushed off, so it wasn't the, like they got robbed, but, man, you're right. The, then they get the penalty before the field goal. They always just find a way. There's no consistency in how they blow these games, but they blow them. But they, you know, here's so Chubb finished with 16 carries for 91, Shooky. Like, that's how you close a game out. He's Mariano Rivera. Why isn't he closing out these games? And this goes back to what I said about Kevin Stefanski. He just doesn't make the right decisions in these situations. Last week, it was really ugly. Early in the third quarter against the Patriots, he calls a bunch of pass plays. They go three and out, whatever. He does it again this time. Three straight passes. The third one is the strip sack that sets up the touchdown to give the Ravens a 10-point lead. But then he adjusted quicker than usual. He went back to the run, and it paid off. They kick a field goal. They go down and score a touchdown later. They're suddenly within three points again. And then in that situation, third and two, I can't for the life of me understand why you don't treat that as two downs to get two yards. Yep. You have time. You're outside the you two want to take you have up a the time, time. Out in your yep. pocket. I don't there's like this. There's no point in taking that shot there. I don't like this roster. And I, I think that there's a lot of mismanagement that went on in the offseason. Number one, let's talk about the defensive line where it's like you're getting run yes. on if it's not that week. Then there was a situation, was a play today, and this is a Lamar Jackson thing to some degree, but it's a Browns thing too today where Lamar dropped back to pass. And I think it was like he had about 26 seconds with no one in his face. And then he took off to run and converted. And it's just like, all right, cool. But the problem is Cleveland does not have complimentary players on defense. And the players they have seem confused and out of date in this thing. Like the Joe Woods defensive scheme gives them no chance. They didn't give up a billion points today. But it's just there's zero trust watching the Browns that they're going to find a way to close these games. There isn't a team in the league that's blown situational football in the fourth quarter like this. And I have to say that Kevin Stefanski is probably on the hot seat. I mean, I don't know how you necessarily make a big Whoa. argument to, well, is that so crazy? I think what the like argument it, is, if no, Brandon Staley's on the crazy. hot seat, so no, Kevin Stefanski. No, when the quarterback shows up, Watson, 
how the season ends, I think, will have a huge yeah. impact on whether yeah. or not that might, Stefanski sticks around. It doesn't help that David Njoku left the game on – he was seen in crutches in the, in, the, in the locker room after. He's been having a great season. He was season. of the year two years ago, and I think offensively, had, you know, we were talking about what a great job he's done uh, creating offense. You know, his hiring and defensively – uh, they're they're absolutely a mess. But you know, you you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You got to look at the Browns. You know, to me, they're not like a two and five team, but they are two and five ultimately. And then you look at their next four weeks before Watson's suspension ends: Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. Is so you know you're hoping. To, I look at that group and I look. I say you're hoping to go two and two there, and you'd be four and seven when Watson returns, which. You know, probably isn't good enough. They blew too many games in this they early did. stretch. They had a chance. Yeah, they they had a themselves. chance to set the table, and they're they're unable to do it because this Cleveland Browns team is simply an incomplete operation. Quickly on Lamar, though, I know like we've talked about his negatives here, and this feels like they got a little lucky. They're 250 net yards, not a good offensive performance, but his running this year is next level. Like it's been a little under the radar that he's leading the league in yards per carry. He is top four or five in the league in rushing yards and in key spots in this game, fourth and one at the 50. If they didn't pick that up, they're going to kill Harbaugh. But if it's Lamar, he picks it up. Later in that drive, they ended up fumbling. It's like third and two. Lamar goes for 11. He goes for 10 for 59. That has been the equalizer for them. And he's having a next level rushing season. And he might break his own record in terms of the most rushing yards. But if you go to that, back to that ever. Bengals game two weeks ago, I mean, he put the game on his back at the end with right. his running ability and completely. That that was a Lamar Jackson he's hurt finish them, right but there. He's also kept them afloat. I was going to say, I was going to say, it should also be stated that he has not thrown more than a touchdown in a game in over a month now. And he has come down after a, uh, a blazing hot start the first three weeks. But the running game is a big part of what he does. Shooky, help us out. Oh, who locked it? Who locked it? Greggy. I locked it up. Hey, I, Greggy. I thought I was going to get your Ravens curse there. Yeah. At the end. So you have to sweat it out. Hmm. That's almost worse than the uh, the loss when you have to really deal with that heat at the end it's of the game. It's not worse than a loss. I it's can almost. tell you that firsthand. <laughs> almost. Uh, we'll get to your lock in a little bit, Mark. Help us out, Shook, before we say goodbye. Uh, we're trying to figure out who's good. We're, we're, <laughs> holding, vote. we're holding votes. <laughs> uh, let's go over the four teams we just discussed with you. Bengals. Good. Right? Good. Yeah. Well, let me hear. Let me hear all four. Let me hear all four. Okay. Well, just, we'll go one at a time. Okay. That carries the vote. Okay. Yeah. The Bengals. Falcons. Okay. Not yeah. good. No. Definitely not, not good. good. Okay. Not good. The Ravens. I not vote good. good. Okay. Ooh, not, not good. good. I'm gonna vote good. I don't know. Are, are you Lamar seeing good the, the same way we're seeing good? Because they're very uneven. Uh, everything. They, they're, it's all they relative strengths, too. Strong yeah. strengths. Weak weaknesses. I'm going they're good. I'm going Ravens are good. Mark? Oh, if I could Ravens? pick a middle between those, I would. I Because I don't see good as like special on any level. Good. Yes, the Ravens That's, are good. We're not looking for special right, right now in 2022 NFL. Right. We're just looking for good. Give us something. All right, we'll and, go good there. And we'll finally, the Brownies. <laughs> oh, give me a break. Yeah. Not good. Definitely yeah. not good. <laughs> All right, no. Chucky. Thank you, buddy. As always, you are a hero. We'll be right back after this break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Welcome back. It is on in Northern Jersey. <laughs> Lawrence in a shotgun. Empty set again. Takes the snap. Back to throw. Steps up. Fires it to the end zone. Uh. It's caught at the one yard line. Giants stand him up. He's not in. And the Giants going to run out. The Giants stop him at the one yard line. Holy cow. And the ball game is over. Ba Papa. WFAN. The desert doubted the swamps of Jersey. Everybody keeps doubting the G-Men. But in this NFL, a team that knows how to win at the end of a game in these sloppy affairs, that'll take you places. That'll take you all the way to 6-1 and one after safety Julian Love and fellow safety Xavier McKinney stopped Kirk, Christian Kirk at the one-yard line. No time left. That preserved a 23-17 win over the Jags in Duval. Mark, this is the best start for the Zeman since 2008. They do it every week this way. I don't want to hear about this worst six and one team ever business. They're, they are well coached. We've talked about that on Thursday. They're powerful. They overpowered the Jaguars. I mean, it was concerning early on because right tackle, rookie right tackle, Evan Neal lost. Left guard, Ben Bredersen, lost. You've lost 40% of your line right there. And what did they do by game's end? Like just end? wandered away from the stadium? Or? Injured. Oh, they were injured. Okay. Injured. Thank you. Lost to injury. I didn't know if maybe they made it a wrong, like, like a spinal tap situation like, under the stadium. Mark sandwiches on the offensive <laughs> I mean, I lineman? Think you, just... I think you probably knew where I was going with that, but that's fine <laughs> if you... clarity. I didn't see this game yet. I'll be watching you know, it tomorrow. I think you'll enjoy it. And I'll tell you why. It's my kind of football because I end down the down the stretch. I mean, although this is like a forty-nine minute uh, game pass setup, if there ever was. It was Sorry. a lot. Greg and I both were. Greg Sorry. and I were both locked in very long <laughs> to games. Say this was a long. This game. went on forever. But I mean, Saquon Bar. Just this looked like so many other Giants games where they found a way just to close it out at the end. And you had two one hundred yard rushers, Saquon Barkley, fantastic today, one hundred and ten yards. Daniel Jones, like number one. I don't know what they're going to think about Daniel Jones at the end of the season. I, That's he, a toughie. He's, it is. It's tough. It's incomplete. It depends what your other options are, where they are in the draft and all that business. But I see him being so much more well-coached than he's been in the past. And they really, I think, Brian Dayballs find a way to unlock him on the ground consistently. 107 yards today at 9.7 yards per carry. Every time you look up, he's moving the chains. Uh, there were some like very designed runs for him that he was really successful with. He made a couple money throws. And this Jaguars defense is good against the run, but they just wore them down. They wore them down. And so the flip-flop there was, can Trevor Lawrence in the end make that game-winning throw. And we've seen this sort of over and over where he's been put in these situations where it's a last-second toss and he's had a couple incompletions. He almost did. He played one of his better (laughs) games early on today. And Doug Peterson, I give Doug Peterson credit. I mean, he was really aggressive with this offense early. Um, The Giants went down for an opening touchdown. The Jaguars tried to set the tone by going down, scoring themselves, and dialing up like Brian Dayball did in Week 1 against the Titans, a two-point conversion, which they converted. So they hung around, but the Giants were just a little too physically powerful in this. I would Imagine, though, Doug is also rather pissed off Angelo after uh, you have a turnover. I'm pissed off Angelo. In your, when you're going in for a score, the way the game ends, to be that close. But that's, again, that is a lot of that goes back to the Giants. Uh, they are the first team in NFL history to start 6-1 and one or better and have each of its first seven games decided by one possession. They have six wins by a combined 27 points. I mean, give me the stat. They probably don't have one on the, decided on the last play of the game. Right? That's unbelievable. That's right. And the, the, you mentioned Barkley. Um, 
I was watching their their final touchdown drive, the Giants. Uh, I believe it was their final touchdown drive. And Barkley makes a jump cut near about the 25 or 30-yard line and then makes two guys miss and then just darts down the field. And it's like there is no difference between that dude and the 2018 sensation fresh out of Penn State. Oh, I think he's better. He um, looks better, I think. I mean, yep. he's more I mean, decisive. You also, you have to, well, okay, so maybe he's a smarter but he's the, player. He is back to that. But that Absolutely. electric yeah. playmaker that, let's face it, everyone kind of for the most part thought that guy was gone yep. by that the end of last sailed. season. So I think, that, I think he's a slam dunk choice for comeback player of the year at this point. Uh, and one of the better comeback stories in a long time. Absolutely. I just want to mention two quick things that this has been a, obviously a league trend, but there was a roughing the passer call on Dexter Lawrence that helped set up a Jaguars touchdown. So if Doug Peterson's upset about some things, he can't be upset about what happened here. Uh, but Brian Daybell should be. I mean, Dexter Lawrence essentially kind of tugged Trevor Lawrence around by the jersey and it was called roughing the passer. It was egregious. Um, secondly, Travis Etienne had a, he had a rough uh catch and fumble that helped essentially set up a giant score here. But Travis Etienne, week after week to me, looks like one of the better running backs in the league. He is a fascinating watch, and they've mm. got something there. There's no doubt about he, it. They, their running game has been awesome. Their team has totally changed. And yeah, that didn't he fumble on the one after like yes, a 49 Yes, it was a killer plan, turnover. Killer. It was a killer turnover. But their, their team has totally changed throughout the course of the season. Now they've got a really strong running game. They have no outside receivers. Like, everyone is just an inside slot guy, and you saw that on the last drive. And they, they got close, but they can't go outside. They don't have a guy who can win outside. Kirk is not that guy. Uh, but their defense, like, we started the year trying to talk up, like, this defense could be special, and they just, you know, gave up how many yards in, in plays to Matt Ryan last week, and then they get totally steamrolled here at the end and give up 400 yards. That's the best you know day of the Giants. So their defense isn't special. It's just like a no. defense. And this is the, one of those games, though. There's not much separating those two teams. You got to admit, like, but one's two and five and one's six and one. That's the football gods. It's a little bit of luck and a lot of bit of, a lot of verve. And you I know there's, there's a lot to it that goes into how the desert sets these things, but that's why I was so stunned by the, the spread of this game. The Giants not getting the respect uh, from the desert because this is a happening every week, and I think it's sustainable. I think they'll continue to win games like this. Well, it's the numbers. It's uh, the I, at first for a second I thought you were you know who's really saying they're the worst six and one team ever, and then I was well, like, I, oh, even yeah, a week ago number- people were saying no, that about uh, the five and one Giants. No, so. uh, actually, I think Football Outsiders did ran the numbers. And just they're not putting any opinion into it. But in terms of their DVOA and the numbers of how good the offense defense is, they were the the worst like five and one team ever. Yeah. So we're saying the Vikings are close. Stick it up their butts. That's what, right they up their did. That's what they did. No, no disrespect. They were 18th coming into this week. I like DVOA just as much as the next guy potentially, but I don't care what Take they have to say about this. Right. And whoop. It's in it. I, I, we lean on that stuff all the time, but this is something a little bit different about this football team. They play the Seahawks next week. That's a spicy game. Would you, like, crumple it up first, or what would you do? Shred it? I don't know. I it's, actually have a theory of what I would do, but I don't think we should talk about it uh, on these airwaves. But with we'll, the spreadsheets. Yeah, like okay. how to administer it. Let's check in. Let's see if we had another New York sweep. Toss sweep to the left. Ball with blockers in front. Has a crease to the 45, to the 50. Left sideline 40. Down the sideline 30. He's gone. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. Brees Hall. House call. The Jets take the lead. Mm, Crushingly, that is the final touchdown of the year for Brees Hall, who a little later in the first half against the Broncos uh, got hit on the knee, suffered an injury that Robert Sala believes is very serious uh, and most likely season-ending ACL tear. Crushing news for the Jets. 
uh, and their young offense uh, filled with playmakers. But the Jets persevere. 16-9 over the Broncos, uh, leaning on their defense to carry the day uh, on a day that not just Brees Hall, but Corey Davis, uh, one of their top wide receivers, and Elijah Vera Tucker, their star offensive lineman, all exited for the game in the first half. Mm. They get by on a day that Russell Wilson is uh, out with that hamstring issue that it was just weird because we talked about it on the Thursday show that he was, looked like he might play, and he was saying he had Wolverine blood and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he struggled and limped through a, a late-week practice and was inactive. So that, that led to Brett Rippon, who, you know, he's Brett Rippon. And uh, the Jets really gave them the opportunity, the Denver, to get a, a much-needed home win here, committing a ton of penalties and being a little sloppy early on. Once Hall exited, uh, Zach Wilson was not able to uh, get much out of the offense, and that's a very real con- – there's some real concerns around the Jets offensively now that Hall's out. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Jets are 5-2 and two now, and they're – Four and zero away from the Meadowlands. Wow! And this was another game where it was the defense. Uh, and I'll point to Sauce Gardner, who broke up the fourth down pass uh, to clinch the game. That showed like they can win these games, just like the Giants in a very unsettled, muddled landscape. They can find a way, and they have more often than not lately. I have a couple concerns. I mean, obviously, like without Brees Hall, it, what they were becoming on offense with him was someone that I thought could shield the attack from Zach Wilson's up and down nature. I'm largely down. I, I watching this not as closely as you, Dan, but I, I I don't see it with Zach Wilson right now. And that's record aside, I think that's your concern going forward if the running game is not going to be what it was. Yeah, and I, I'll say this. Michael Carter is very good. He's going to kind of step into a much bigger role for the Jets. Maybe they trade for someone, you know, Melvin Gordon's on the outs. Could trade for Christian McCaffrey. In maybe. Denver. It's they, two coaching staffs know each other. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm just saying it's um, an option. It's something you could explore. You'd have make, to top the offer that get, they just right. gave up to. Pick up the that, phone. That would be a lot. Pick up they, the phone. I don't think San Francisco's looking to flip. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, like a house. I don't know how this works. Uh, so threw that out there as an option. But anyway, uh, yes, I think the Jets are in a lot of trouble now uh, mm. if Wilson continues to struggle. Now, I got to give Denver credit on the defensive side of the ball. Once again, Greg, week after week, and this has made it even more frustrating uh, for fans of this team in an AFC West where no one's running away with the division. Um, they are putting forth an effort that's keeping their team in games, and they did it again. They had Wilson in a blender in this game, and they just don't get enough on offense. They get hardly anything at all. Right. They outgained the Jets. They only gave up 260 yards, 10 first downs to the Jets. Uh, But that Hall play, and Michael Carter had a 37-yard play. Like, the Jets haven't moved the ball at all with Zach Wilson, but they have had these explosive plays that have been enough. They're going to have to be a defensive team. It's just frustrating, I think, if you're a Jets fan because you did see offensive pass production with Joe Flacco. I'm not saying you want to go back to Joe Flacco, but you did see Garrett Wilson, you know, ball out. And Corey Davis, they said it's going to be a, it's a PCL injury. They don't think it's going to be anything major. That still might be a week or, or two, uh, but he will be back. But you do want to be able to use these offensive skill position players. And, yeah, now it's not going to just be Brees Hall coming up with plays. But they have such good depth. Like, Carter's a great example of that. He is. but And you guys know I was very down uh, before we started the show uh, because – A little concerned about you, to be honest, but not now. You're, again, right. you've been very professional. You, have, you know who, what did it? It's podcasting with us. I mean, it's just like this is a brotherhood. We, we're here yeah. where we feel comfortable. I think so. We're on the field. I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> you think this, so? It's been, a, it's been a long time since the Jets had like Greg, a, shut up. a young – 
uh, running back that hit the ground and looked like a potential star. And it just, it's so painful and so predictable. Uh, but he breaks that long touchdown run. And I head to Twitter feeling good about myself and my team. Uh, and right, Brees Hall is a star. And not 15 minutes later, he gets his knee blown. He, he gets caught up in some traffic and you hear a scream. And I'm like, they cut away from the play. And I'm like, I don't think he got up. And sure enough, it was a serious knee injury. Mm. So they have to find a way. And ultimately, here's the thing. Even with Brees Hall done for the year, and we hope it's not one of those, like we talked about, Chris Godwin situations or Michael Gallup, where the guy has the ACL and he comes back and he's still not the guy. Sometimes you guys has the has the ACL and he's fine the next year. Yep. So you hope that's how it, what it is for Brees Hall. Um, uh, they have pieces and depth to still be proficient on offense. But if Zach Wilson is going to be the guy who's been the last two weeks, um, that's going to be what haunts them this year and what's going to doom them to mediocrity. Uh, so with that said, the Giants good, obviously, depend except for football outsiders, but I they mean, might feel I, differently. I, right. I don't want Giants Twitter to come after oh, me. Are you going to go 42 and 46, uh, Greg, here? I'm just – I just saying you have to think about it at least whether they're going to be good moving forward. But they they've earned good. There's a lot of good teams now. Uh, like this Broncos team. I'm just team. saying every Mark, week's you, crazy. Mark, what? do you hear Greg? What I attempt to, I, I attempt to tune out some of what Greg says, and that was the case a minute ago. I don't know what he was. I, <laughs> they're I six just, and one, Greg. Yeah, just they're good right now. Okay. Can't, just have good. fun. Have good. We're looking for fun in this regular season. Do you know what happened in 42 and then also in 46? It's not about I know. that. It's I know. Not about but that. he's got to get over If you're able to come do the show yes. based good on what you've dealt bar. with, yes. he's got to deal with Super Bowls from a long time ago. Good is a low bar. That's fair. This Broncos team is like um, book notes on C-SPAN. Like it's about that vibrant to watch. And they're annoying me. And I did ask you the question, Dan. I'm annoyed At now. some point, does Nathaniel Hackett maybe just like, <laughs> you know, he goes into his office in Denver, just leaves his wallet, his cell phone, to, you know, maybe takes out 11 grand in cash and just hard vanishes on he a rental do, car. Uh, Larry a David did car. this in the 70s when he was a writer on SNL. He was there and nobody liked him and he wasn't getting any of his sketches on the air. Uh, and one day he just didn't go to work. Yeah. And then uh, he changed his mind a couple of days later and went into work. And they were like, no, like, why, what are you doing here? You you, you don't belong here anymore. Right. Um, he could try that. He could do a soft quit. Oh, look. Look at that lock. Oh, I locked Ooh, up something the Something came out of it. Did. That came out of it? And yeah. I also, I forgot to play this during the last recap. Why? Oh, what happened? West Bros locked the Jaguars. <laughs> why? Why Ouch. would they do that? Or, or why Nick, would Nick do Nick that? Nick did. You know yeah. what, Nick? It's not about the record. It's about the NFL Network airtime and what you're doing with it. And you're running into the end zone every week with that airtime. So I don't see. Keep posting else. I'm just yeah. trying to. You could have both. Yeah, that's you could have it all. You could also win. And then, you know, yeah, right. uh, and by the way, it's getting late early for the Broncos. They're two games back in the playoffs right now. I know. It, it, you know, the Chiefs are It's getting late division. early for the Broncos? They're they stink, gonna, going to the playoffs. I'm just saying, you're saying, like, no one's running away with it. I, I, we've seen enough of these teams come back yes. after, especially a team with literally the number one defense in the league right now. It's hard to just totally cancel them out, but it's getting pretty close here. Two games back is pretty and it's, significant. And it's the offense that stinks yeah, and the game energy. plan yeah. uh, of the offense that I think that stinks. And maybe Russell Wilson, that stinks. Uh, and that was the first time I'd locked the Jets in 68 weeks, according to, to the great And you great previously were, I, I read, 0-4 at locking the Jets. So this is a new, a new right. territory It is a new era. It is yeah. a new Are the Jets, Jets team. Oh, I want to say yes, but I'm very good. We're good. Maybe troubled now. 
I, it, it's, are the Jets good? I think I'm the problem saying, with this exercise yes. is good as a low enough bar that yeah, their defense is first. I, I'd say that, yes. That yeah. is enough. They, they, maybe we have to, we'll have to go through this at the end of the show. All right, let's head across the sidewalk to SoFi Stadium where there was a four and team, four and two team plan and a, a, a frisky team with a superstar quarterback named Gino. <laughs> Surely there are good teams here. Let's check in. First and ten, toss to Walker, goes right side, has a little running room, Parkinson out front. Here comes oh up the sideline, he's on the run, 40, down to the 30, are they going to catch him? I don't think so, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks, 74 yards. They toss it to Ken Walker, the third. He gets fired out of a Gatlin gun, and he is gone <laughs> up the right sidelines, 74, and nobody got a whiff. I love it, Steve Rabel. Oh, the bongos are out. K-I-R-O. I like that. Shot out of a Gatling. Usually, oh, shot out of a cannon. Enough with the cannons. It's 2022. We got hypersonic missiles now. We got lasers. Yeah, 22 miles an hour. People are getting excited. That's the fastest uh, by a ball carrier this season. 22? 22. He broke 22. Well, look at that. We're never going to make miles per hour a thing, but we're trying. Unbelievable. The Seahawks (laughs) uh, behind Ken Walker, the third, and two touchdown passes from Geno Smith. Rumble past the Chargers. Football's worst four and three team. 37 to 23. Yes. At SoFi Stadium. Greggy, obviously, the Jets are dealing with it now with Brees Hall. Uh, Rashad Penny goes out of the lineup uh, with a season-ending injury. And you have Ken Walker, who is a big-time player, it looks like. He is incredible. He's not what his draft profile was, at least what I thought, which was more of a bruiser. This guy has juice. He has patience. He's got wiggle. I, maybe he's too high profile to be a guy, but I want him to be my guy along with Geno Smith just because he's so uh, much uh, fun Mark, to watch. Update. I've taken Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker <laughs> the mean, third I, is I, off. He's, he's such I a big really, uh, To be honest, like it's it's a little bit um, impossible to join the Seahawks hype train at this point. With, like, you could who's, come. There's nah, no room. Nah, 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 you nah, could nah, come. Nah, nah, nah. I'll find my own thing. Uh, <laughs> they, they are fun. I do remember like four games into the season, I said, Yo, Geno's playing so well. And and he played well today, had a couple bad throws, had an interception, but played well. But I expect that each week. And and we said back then, they've got like the last-ranked running game, the last-ranked defense. If they just pick those up, this could be a frisky team. And suddenly you look, and Kenneth Walker is running through secondaries, and their defense in back-to-back weeks has been solid to better. I know they gave up 23 points here, but there was – uh, they forced two turnovers in the first quarter, which really set the tone. And there was a six-drive stretch where the Chargers went five straight punts and then uh, a turnover on downs. And that's all you need for all this right, offense. It sounds crazy, but if you give this offense enough chance, it's clearly a top-ten offense right now. Eckler had a tacky late touchdown to make this thing that's true. look more competitive. Seattle badly outplayed uh, the Chargers in their building in this game. And, uh, yeah, it's it's – you know, on the Chargers side of things, it's it's a thing. It's a problem. Their offense is underachieving. And I think everyone that bought in hard on the Chargers, and that includes this podcast heading into the season, bought into Justin Herbert as an MVP candidate. None of this is looking so hot right now because I feel like the last month or so, and I know they were winning before they won, today. They were, they were a three-game winning streak going into this game. But even game. the head coach said he doesn't feel like yep. we're on a winning streak. And then you saw them play like the coach feels the team is, which is – 
Very subpar. They'll, they'll never be in first place in this division again all season. It's over. Uh, I don't mean that they're oh. over entirely, but oh, Sizzler. No, I think they. I think there are major problems here, and I mean, you know, Justin Herbert and threw an unusual interception for him today. Um, he was stripped of the ball, back-to-back turnovers. I mean, this is just could have been picked off a couple more yeah, times. Yeah, just the this Seahawks is just this Chargers offense to me is just poorly organized, poorly coached. Um, not fun to watch right now. Which is like, if you're doing that with Justin Herbert. That's on you because you've got you've Football got something special here than basketball. That's true. Uh, more and more bad news for the Chargers. J.C. Jackson, who's their big time, uh, one of their big uh, free agent uh, acquisitions or offseason acquisitions, um, suffers a bad leg injury. It's a di- it? dislocated yeah. kneecap. He gets carted off in an air cast, and you know what that means. Almost always, his season is over, and it's been a disaster. Williams one. looked like he suffered a pretty bad ankle Oof. knee injury. I mean, it's just starting to fall apart that, a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. What worth, happened with Keenan Allen today? He played a little bit in the first half, and then didn't come back for the second. They have a bye week. No team has needed to buy more, but yeah, that Mike Williams play to me was so typical of this Chargers season. It's a fourth and eleven in a pretty hopeless situation. Herbert gets out of quick pressure, makes an incredible throw to Mike Williams. Everything to Mike Williams is so hard, who makes an incredible catch, yet it was short of the first down, and his knee and ankle get bent backwards awkwardly. Game over. Then he's now going into the uh, bye week with what could be a significant injury that he needs to recover from. Yeah, they lose Jackson. I mean, they did lose their left tackle. Corey Lindsley's been banged up. Like, the, the quality of the players that they've been losing is kind of outrageous. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's part of the equation. And just to, to sum up, you know, questions about the leadership and the decision-making behind the scenes on that team, Keenan Allen is one more week away from the bye and a hamstring that he hurt in week one. The fact that he played and then instantly hurt himself again, not a great look. J.C. Jackson came back early this season to play that Thursday night game against the Chiefs when he wasn't right, and he was never right, and then his knee gets jacked up in this game. Justin Herbert, we know the story of that Thursday night game with the rib and leaving him in. I even thought at the end of this game, I mentioned the the Fugazi, Austin Eckler, Herbert touchdown at the end of the game. What are these guys even playing for? Like, why, why are they being so cavalier with these players, especially given their injury issues this year? There's a pattern there. I, I, I agree with you. We shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, overlook uh, what the, char- char- or the Seahawks defense did, though. They, I really think they're building something. They changed what they were doing. Daryl Taylor played well for a second straight week, made a big play. Like, their defensive line should be good. Woolen's making plays on the ball. Like, the coverage was all over the Chargers. And the Seahawks are in first place. Like, they're a real story. Wow. To me, they're good. I think they're a good team because they're a good offense. I feel like I know what I'm getting out of Geno every week. He had some dimes. They lost DK wait, Metcalf. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't do yeah. the vote. That I'm was just, just one vote. Okay. That was just one. Well, that's <laughs> I my vote. I vote yes, too. Okay, good. Mark, I also do. I, yeah. What, what do you good. need to see? I mean, I, they, they lost DK Metcalf pretty early in this game, and that's like the moment you're like, oh, this offense is going to kind of fall apart. But they end up getting Marquise Goodwin uh, for two touchdowns, and then Walker goes Hopefully that's crazy. not serious for I, Matt I really that will be. That, is, that does change who they are if that's long-term. Uh, that and would be depressing. The Chargers, I do not think, I don't think they're good. I don't, I'm going to vote no on Chargers. They have a good roster. They're not a good football team right now. I'd say the same. <clears throat> All right. Let's move on. That hurts. Just right now. So now set up first right and ten on the Texans' 15. The late hand up to Jacob. Huge hole at the middle. Ten. Cuts right side five. Touchdown, Jacobs. The hat trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. What the hell 
is going on with Josh Jacobs? I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining, but what the hell's going on here? Josh Jacobs, who you heard from before the season started as yet another quote-unquote first-round bust who's, whose contract, his fifth-year uh, option was not being picked up, and the Raiders clearly under new leadership seem to be in the direction of moving on. He has gone absolutely off these last three weeks. 20 for 143 for three touchdowns in this game. A very important game for the Raiders, who win 38-20 over the Texans. And, Mark, this is a game they absolutely had to have. And to see Jacobs now stacking these big-time weeks, it does add an element to their offense that they kind of needed. Yeah, they've changed who they are on offense, and I, I really love what they've done. And I think Josh McDaniels, you know, patiently kind of wanted to see what he had, and he found out that Josh Jacobs is about to have his career season. He's having it right now. They were down 20-17 to 17 entering the fourth quarter in this. It's crazy. And then they simply took over. That's gut for, check time for a team that's was. lost a lot of – a ton of narrow games – I like that. Yeah, because they saved their season. I mean, we'll see what's to come. But had they gone 1-5 with a loss to the Texans, check you later. But four straight touchdown marches of 10 plays, 82 yards, 10 plays, 75 yards, a 76-yard touchdown drive, another 76-yarder. And Jacobs, to me, is someone that had the ability to absolutely lift the offense and wear down the Texans. Like, the Texans on the flip side played a good game. Davis Mills played the best game of his year. I mean, he... They don't have a lot of parts, but Damian Pierce, as a, as a runner, is very powerful as himself. He had 92 yards, and they have just enough through the air where, like, I thought Mills played some had some money throws today where he stood in against the rush and delivered, and you've been waiting for that game for him because I think last year you saw little sparks. Today, I saw it again. Um, this offense does not need to revolve around Derek Carr, which I like. You're getting just enough of a Devontae Adams on certain drives, but they're without Waller at the moment. And Jacobs makes up for it. And if they can win games this way, I le- I kind of like who could they can be from here on out because they're a physical team. This I mean, is- their offense is good. They've scored 33 points a game the last three weeks. Nearly beat the Chiefs. A- 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 including against uh, the Broncos defense. They're the only team that's hurt the Broncos defense this year. I watched this game, and we made fun of Mark uh, on – the preview show for drafted it so early. Now we could have, you still could have drafted in the last. Make fun. It was a very obvious gaff in terms of the draft strategy. It was you your know, draft it strategy. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't critical of Mark the man. This was no, an enjoyable game. So I, I picked I an enjoyable admit, game. I ended up watching this game uh, myself. Well, that's your opinion. And uh, both quarterbacks <laughs> played outstanding. Yeah, there were dimes all over the place, and these might be two of the best five running backs in the league right now. I. You know, play a game. Go watch this on Game Pass and count how many times Josh Jacobs and Damian Pierce didn't make the first guy miss. It's just like automatic. Like there was some good football Mm. being played in this game. Uh, The Raiders finished with a season high 400 yards of offense. And, you know, what I said earlier about, you know, they were down three points, got the win. You know, that's good because I think a team like the Raiders, especially with their soft schedule coming up, you just need to bank that, you know, feel good win where you close out a team and you you kind of are able to lose that man, this team's going to come and get us at the end because it happens to us every week. I just would not be surprised if they are right in the thick of things in a few weeks, but we shall see. One at a time for the Yankees. I mean the Raiders, but both. (laughs) Okay, Dan. Uh, Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back. All right. The Houston, I mean, the AFC South, I should say, always seems to come back to two teams. They have a huge showdown on Sunday. The division at stake before Halloween. Let's check it out. Weird scheduling is what I'm saying. Ryan gets rid of it quickly. It's intercepted. 30, 40, 50, Adams 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, end zone. Touchdown, Titans. Andrew Adams to the house. Yo, what a great play. Wow, I love that. So does everybody else in this stadium. <laughs> well, let's not speak for everyone. Not Frank Reich. <laughs> I'm sure there were some Colts fans in there that were furious. Mike Keith and Dave McGinnis still with a spicy call, and I like it. WGFX. Andrew Adams did have the 76-yard pick six. A big play for the victorious Tennessee Titans. 19-10 over the Colts. We now bring in our AFC South consigliere. Justin Graver. What's up, buddy? This was a big one. Uh, I, I say slightly in jest, but the fact that both these teams have now finished up their head-to-heads, uh, home and homes, I should say, uh, by winning both, you just get a feeling that they just ran away with this division, the Titans. Well, they've got to take care of business where it matters now down the stretch, but as far as like being in the best position you could possibly hope to be after an 0-2 start, I think the Titans are doing well. Fifth straight win over the Colts. Second sweep wow. in as many years. So that's that nice. That feels good for Gravedigger especially. Mike Vrabel owns Frank Reich right now. That like Andrew Luck owned the Titans for his entire career, but now the tables have turned. To say the least. And, you know, that is, that's a good call, Justin, because it hasn't been dominant. It hasn't been flashy. Nobody's talking about the Titans, but you're kind of used to that, I know, and that's a, a bit of a chip on the shoulder for Titans fans. Uh, but they've gotten off the mat, won four games in a row, and they're kind of right back to where you thought they would be around this time. So you got to give them credit for that. This game was not entirely exciting. I gave, uh, I, t- I talked a little bit on Thursday's show about how it was the fifth-ranked CBS crew. They were right. It was the fifth-best game probably on CBS today. Um, but it was fun for Titans fans. Bud Dupree came back in this game after uh, he was hurt. He played a little bit after coming back and then was hurt again. Eight pressures in this game, working mostly against Dennis Kelly, the former Titan who stepped in to play left tackle for the Colts. Got a sack. It was the defense that did it. I mean, the Titans... We're on a red zone hot streak, uh, 11 straight touchdowns in the red zone. Going into this game, they were 0 for 2, kicked four field goals, didn't score a touchdown on offense, but still win 19 to 10 because the Colts couldn't move the ball either. Where are we with uh, Ryan Tannehill? It's not limping around out there, and I I heard something about a walking boot um, after the game. Ryan Tannehill turned his ankle on a play. He missed one snap. Malik Willis came in, handed it off. Tannehill came back the next series and finished out the game, but that was in, I mean... That was like midway through, when was that? That was right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. First play of the fourth quarter, he turned his ankle. For the rest of the game, he attempted two passes. And Henry See, had that's like, where you could have listened to the great John Madden 
uh, and what he told Dan Hansis famously right. was in the John. If you don't know the injury status when it happened, just make just it up. Just make it up. Yeah, sure. Make it up. More, sure. more than likely, people will not check. Derrick Henry also again. He's kind of been the face. If you had to pick one player that's kind of symbolized the season for the Titans, it's Henry, who once again had a big day. His third straight 100-yard uh, rushing game, season high 128 on 30 mm. totes. Uh, the team started slow. Henry started slow. He's warmed up. The team's warmed up. That is not a coincidence. Right. It's not a coincidence. And Henry was like the engine that won this game towards the end. The Colts turn it over with three and a half minutes left. Frank Reich Mm. had used all of his timeouts on the previous drive, one on a challenge that was just a phenomenal catch by Austin Hooper, got the ball knocked out of his hands, but then reclaimed it before it hit the ground. That was basically the game-winning play because it put the Titans in field goal range to really put it, them up by two scores. Frank Reich used his timeouts on that drive with like five minutes left in the game, hoping, I guess, to get the ball back with more time. But it ended up being that when the Titans had the ball after the turnover with three and a half minutes left, they only had to pick up a couple first downs, which Henry did, and that iced the game. What's happening to your physical body during these Titans games when they turn in your favor? Stiffens. Whoa. Well, I wasn't up. asking that. Are you getting nervous? Like, what, what, oh, what, like a, ner- what, like a nervous. The, the whole. Yeah. What are you? What are you saying? Emotional I asked, detachment. I just asked a question. No, no, emotional detachment. Really? <laughs> you, please. I Stop. mean, some some numbness has sunk Don't in. Don't you like own a Titans website or something? I, I mean, give started me a one that I don't run anymore oh, because okay. of the whole okay. he has awkward a subject. Eighty percent of his but he also runs a blog. Give me a break. This um. Detach emotionally. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. Don't the, lie on the body. The difference, difference in this division might be like they both have terrible offensive lines, uh, but one quarterback's a little better to deal with it than the other. And the Colts, to me, are such a 2022 team. I don't know how they're 3-3-1. Three, three they're so far from good. Uh, not good. Not good. Uh, they... You know, we know their offense isn't good, but like they are an example of this season because defenses are letting you just throw the ball seven yards at a time, ultimately, if that's what you're going to do. And that's why, you know, Ryan threw it 50 something times last week. He threw it 44 times this week, and yet they didn't top 300 yards and they got 10 points. Like, if there's just something about my. My brain breaks that he's completed 33 passes and they have 10 points. But that very much is like the NFL in 2022. A lot of completed passes going nowhere. This, team, that be- point. Yeah. this team beat the Chiefs. That is um, That was the flukiest game me. I've ever seen. Just it is. They did not deserve Here's it. Here's the good news, Justin. It's the G-Men corollary here. They are perfectly built for this NFL. They, have, they run a ball control offense with a Hall of Fame running back and a quarterback that's not going to kill you very often. And they are battle-tested. Unless it's the playoffs against the Bengals. We're not talking the playoffs. <laughs> and they're there. battle-tested with a good coaching staff. They will win a lot of close games this year. And we're going to look up at the standings in January. They're going to be 12-5. and five. And you might even have a bye again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm taking the under the on The Bills have to lose a, a game at some point. I said might. But I think this is going to be a team that ends up winning 11 games. And again, you'd be like, what? I'm going to pick against them in the playoffs. They, uh, and then they you'll the probably o- be proven correct in that, but it is what it is. They're the only team in either Southern division to have a winning record. Oh, wow. Ah, I got the Vapors talking about the <laughs> Southern Got to like, relegate those two I'm divisions. I'm just saying like, the Panthers are one game out in the NFC South. Everyone's alive. One more game before Sunday Night Football. Let's head to Landover, Maryland. Daniels in the slot to the left. Snap the high field. Is. Third and nine. Pressure up the middle. Lobs one towards McLaurin who comes back for it and makes a catch at the Packers' 43-yard line. He lobs it. He lobs it. I love that. Amazing catch by McLaurin. First 
touchdown, Washington! Talk about clutch. Bram Weinstein, and that was not, I would tell you what, that's not London Fletcher. That's Julie no. Donaldson with the call um, for WBIG. Listen, Tyler Heineke, he's got pluck for days. And you don't want him starting 10 games in a row, but he steps in. You squint hard enough, and there's a little Favre to him. He just kind of looks like Favre a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes just throws the ball for grabs and good things happen. And a good things happen for the Commanders in a 23-21 win over the Packers. We got to ask if they're good. Do we? Uh, Mark, um, we'll start with you on this one. Let's start on a personal note. Uh, you moved out of a lock. Who was your original lock? The, the uh, Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. Who were victorious. Easily. This And this is why. It cruised, this is right part right. of what makes you Mark. And part of why I love you, Mark. You're so unpredictable um, and volcanic in some ways that you moved away from the Chiefs and then chose a team that you actively dislike and don't to believe root in. for. You expect, you know, the football gods, they're obviously going to smite you on that one. And they did. You took the L. Yeah, they they dropped an old ancient hammer on me today. And I'll tell you something. <laughs> I will hammer. never, ever again lock up the Packers ever in my life. Ooh. I am not. They are so, I know that they're, they've been on a tugboat timeout. They are on a sessy Lifetime ban. Well, it's got it's got to yeah, been... have some. How about a sassy sit-in? Sassy su- <laughs> suspension. Sassy suspension for a lifetime suspension. I am. I cannot believe. First of all, you would I have mean, enjoyed sitting and watching this game uh, with Mark. It there. was also oh, it the, the to, first half. Volcanic. The first and Greg, you can explain. Like the first half ended <laughs> while the game I was watching was deep into the third quarter, and it's like this thing went on for four thousand years. It was as drawn out as possible and unpleasant to watch in my circumstances. But what did yeah, you think of it? When Greg? it was twenty-three twenty-one, and they, the Packers made a touchdown to make it close at the end, Sessler like exploded and was just like, like please, like relieve me like I will love you forever backers if you win this game and then this is why I don't do fantasy football this is why I don't play cornhole with you guys because I get too competitive so I know not to go down that road the locks competition you are super into it I'm this was a double lock loss by the way yeah yeah someone passed on their own team the titans and went with this oh grave digger shame on you if I had locked the titans they would have blown it let's that's not how I control no how one, they no um, Let's play. talk about it's the true. game. Let's, um, before we get to Washington and the good stuff there, let's Aww. a little, we'll save the best for last there. Okay. The the Packers are the, the bigger story because the Packers, instead of a get right game against a backup quarterback in, in Landover, Maryland, they instead lose again, uh, which led to the questions for the team after the game, including to Aaron Rodgers. Writing the ship and getting the playoffs, does that feel plausible right now. Damn right it does. I'm not I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us. Uh, this week, you know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo on Sunday night football, the chance to get exposed, shoot, might be the best thing for us. I don't know. I don't know if they can. I don't like and this. I, like how, how about a, psychology a run to where? There. They can run, but where are they running to? Well, the, I mean, they have their own issues in the playoffs. That's how they got into tugboat timeout. Um, but their issues on offense, 
it's it's just not happening. You know, they make that beautiful throw, that scramble where Rodgers flushes out of the pocket and then hits Aaron Jones to give them life in the second half. And it's like, why isn't there more of that? Like, why is everything so hard, especially with the passing game? Greg, there was one moment on a key fourth and one where they have Aaron Jones and an absolute hammer in A.J. Dillon. And they try a pass to Romeo Dobbs. Who's never met a pass he couldn't drop. Right. I mean, it, that, I think he had his hands on four passes today, and he had zero reception. And that's my mm. point. This is an ongoing situation with the, the receivers here. It has kind of been a worst-case scenario where he's struggling to find somebody he trusts. Yet the game plan remains this, like, Rodgers will figure it out in big spots, and they're not figuring it out. Right, and he, you know, he was seen mouthing to the sideline after – a separate possession that ended on a Romeo Dobbs drop. Although I would point out Rodgers threw that pass low and his accuracy was not great throughout today. He's playing through that thumb injury. He's not playing well. Dobbs isn't playing well. But that was another situation where they're not going to the running game and he was mouthing to the sideline, what are we effing doing? I saw that. What yeah. are we doing? And It's like a weekly a weekly cutaway to him doing something of frustration of that had, nature. They had 80 yards going into the fourth quarter of this game. They had three good fourth quarter drives. Uh, one of them ended on that on down, so it, it, it ended up being a heartbreak uh, on that fourth down play, but then they had a touchdown and you know the, the garbage time drive. They had 80 yards, the Green Bay Packers, and it, it all comes – Together, because there's a lack of rhythm, certainly on offense, and a lot of quick drives. Like, there were, I, I think, out of their first six drive, five of them were punts, three of them three and outs, another couple where they just get one first down and punt. But part of it is their defense can never get off the field. So it's a combination. The Washington Commanders had 37 yard, uh, minutes of time of possession, and in the second half, they had a 16 play, like, eight minute, 48. Uh, second long field goal drive. And that's something we've seen in the second half of all their games. Like the Washington uh, running game was really pretty dynamic and mixed it up throughout the day. Heineke did not play well. I'll get to him in a second. But it, it's all like of one piece to me. Like the, the offense and the defense and Alan Lazard goes out and like all the targets, Dan, are to Lazard and Jones. And you're saying, why is it more of that? It's because like they don't have more of those players that Rodgers trusts. So 17 targets to those two guys. And when you, you don't get those two guys, you got nothing. And we'll, let's get to Washington in a second. But just one more note, the Sammy Watkins play where it was a deep throw um, and he was being interfered with, uh, but he kind of pulled up on the route and it the throw was so over his head that they picked up the flag to the point where the announcer was like, Sammy Hawkins hurt there? And it's like, was he actually injured? I don't think so. He either wasn't running the route right or or he doesn't have any speed left on those legs. It's just very sloppy on that side on a day where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon had 12 it, carries combined. Wow. And one, one last thing on them, too. I, I think Rodgers is afraid of his offensive line. And well, they I don't have that, David Bakhtiari today. They didn't have Again, Bakhtiari today. Concern. And they're playing a team that was one of the highest, uh, you know, rated teams in terms of pressure, sacks, pressure rate. Okay, one quarterback in this game actually was hit 10 times. That was Taylor Heineke. One offensive line almost pitched the Golston on Washington. That was Green Bay. Rodgers was barely touched because he wasn't holding on to the ball. He was getting rid of it quickly. So I, I think he was almost like spooked. 
you never see them make a play. I was just watching this Packers offense and be like, someone make it's a hard. make a it's play. No one's making a play, and and that includes Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing well, and in this time, I don't think he made good decisions in terms of when he got rid of the ball. And on the Washington side, Terry McLaurin, his numbers aren't great this year because quarterback play has been so erratic, and in general, the Commanders offense is pretty uh, middling at best. Uh, but he made several big plays in this game, including the beautiful uh, touchdown on a great throw from Heineke. Uh, they have to make sure. Curtis Samuel has been nice for them uh, and has found his role. They have Brian Robinson back there with Antonio Gibson. But Terry McLaurin's got to be targeted 10 times a game. He's he's the guy. He's the dude. I know you agree with that one, Greg. Yeah, he won them this game. We, we put so much on quarterbacks, and I'll mention Heineke in, in a second, but Sometimes you just need your guys to go make a play, and that was McLaurin today. Two plays, including that that lob. I love that play call. I mean, that call by the the radio play-by-play there that was like, Heineke lobs it up, which is what a lot of his passes are. And McLaurin went and just got it. And he beat Jair Alexander multiple times in this game, including on that last drive a couple times. Uh, That's just like your best player beating the other guy's best player. He did it on the touchdown uh, throw two and Heineke, to, you know, to his credit, gave Samuel and McLaurin a chance to make plays a few times, and they did it. He could not have been worse to start this game. And you I were st- down on him when we were discussing this during he, the in his in his, he was one for eight at one point with uh, a couple a couple interception or one interception, and at that point he had three dropped interceptions and an interception to start the game. He could have had four interceptions in the <laughs> first quarter of this game, but the Packers couldn't finish. And it's got I, plucked, though. And you know what I thought, though? I thought he's been listening to our sound drop all season. You know what it is? What? It's like, you're going to go ahead and... Yes. Uh, As we all know, decided and, to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. And, and I felt like Heineke's performance... In this game, he this, knows that sound this is our, If you just tuned in, this is our Super Bowl 57 coverage of uh, Commanders Packers. With it really Greg was a fascinating game. <laughs> that he was setting up like that part of the drop. The first quarter was I, uh, uh, I, uh, maybe. Um, if we left the room, do you think he would just keep talking? The next right three quarters. I don't think he even knows we're in the room. Taking <laughs> command. He took command. He took command. He did. He did, and he'll be back again because Carson Wentz. Uh, is injured for the foreseeable future. Uh, all right. Would you please shut up? <laughs> all right. There goes Dan. Wait, where did Dan go? Oh, Dan's no longer here. Let's get to the Sunday night football game. Kick it. Escape. Thought about running as the firing. Stands in the sideline. Nick Benogany didn't come down with the second foot. Holland says review it. Line judge comes down for a conversation. Chris, he may have this. He may have this. Let's look. Monogany, one down, two down. He got it. (laughs) That was a jarring end to a 16-10 Dolphins victory. Kenny Pickett getting picked off by Noah Igbenogany. In the end zone to uh, end a late bid by the Steelers to steal one. And yeah, like hopefully for all the listeners, it wasn't too jarring uh, a transition there from Dan to myself, uh, but uh, you know he got up around 3 a.m. Pacific time to take a flight back from New York, so he, he is back home, and uh, you know hopefully enjoyed this one, Mark. Not a lot of points in the second half. It had a uh, prime time 16 to 10 final type of feel, and yet this one felt a lot more interesting than the Broncos type of prime time games we've gotten. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it's you know it started with the suggestion 
of a better primetime game than we've than we've been used to. I mean, the Dolphins coming out scoring on the first three drives, but then it went dark. And I mean, this is a kind of game where you're left wondering. I think there are questions if you're a Dolphins fan about where you are with Tua, because if mm. anyone was who was luckier in this game than Tua to throw. They say four interceptions that were dropped that that would be like turnover worthy plays. I think there were five actually, but this was a messy, messy no, second st- half for the starting Dolphins. Starting with the two and negativity. Yeah. Well, I'm not it- trying to be negative because I think like he does good things, but it's like that we've sort of seen little dottings of that throughout this season yes, where he's, he's been had a fortunate lot of dropped, with these He's these had passes. a lot of dropped picks. I think that's why uh, that's like showed up in his PFF grade and stuff like that. And, he, and he's been fortunate. He started off the game so well and then he got cold and, and he lucked out. But, it, you know, the game, the way it ended, you know, pick it. And this offense is, is where kind of I'll, I'll start because they, they just seem limited. You know, they get a good game out of Najee Harris uh, they have their receivers out there. The Dolphins lost uh, a cornerback or two during the game. They were down their, they were down four cornerbacks in this game, and then they lost their safety Brandon Jones, who's the starter next to Javon Holland. And yet they they couldn't take advantage of those one on one matchups. They didn't trust their offensive line to protect enough, or their offensive line didn't protect enough, or pick it. Um, yeah, just couldn't quite get it to his playmakers on the outside. That final play, I think, was a miscommunication. You know, it's a scramble drill. He thought Deontay Johnson was going to go one way. Johnson goes the other. Uh, we saw a similar type of play with Clay, uh, Chase Claypool earlier in the fourth quarter. And uh, he also could have, you know, Pickett could have ran maybe for about 15, 20 yards. And you're seeing good things out of Pickett every game. But between the play calling and then the offensive line, and the lack of synchronicity, like in a rookie quarterback, it just doesn't add up to a lot. No, it really I shows. I kind of wanted to see Mitch Trubisky. That sounds stupid. I, I, well, it does. You know. know what? I I remember you in this we, game. We, we in, in the viewing room. You said that, and I. It depends what they want to accomplish this season. Because if you wanted to win some of these games, a close game, what you got from Mitch Trubisky last game probably would have gotten you there tonight. But that's that. That's a small sample size. I'm get I'm getting uh, overly influenced by how he played against the Bucks, where right. he was just throwing it very aggressively, and that was not the Trubisky we saw. So that maybe I'm being unfair to Pickett. I mean, it's another three interception game for Pickett. I'm will, willing to be patient with him if they if they want to go this course. He's not going to be fully cooked or developed in, in you know a third start. That the early interception in the game in the first quarter was another one where Chase Claypool fell down. It just seems like there's a lot of miscommunication and off-target that could throws. Have been, yeah, that could have been a um, a pass interference too. They could have sure. called that. His, the two guys hit me. So he, I feel like Pickett's had an extraordinary amount of bad luck on top of everything. Yeah. But he did make an interception, we should point out, on the drive before that game-ending uh, interception. The Steelers were driving, had a really nice drive, uh, you know, got 10 plays or 12 plays, 62 yards, you know, got down to the 30, and then he was fooled and threw a one right at Javon Holland, who is having uh, an all-pro type of season for the Dolphins. Yeah, and in, in the, so the point about this game, Miami at that point could have closed this thing down they get the ball at the Pittsburgh 49 after the run back, and they go three and out. I right. mean, they just, it just seemed like both offenses came to die in the second half, essentially. Yeah, it was so shocking because, so to set the table, the Dolphins come out looking incredible. You mentioned how Tua started the game. 
everything was wide open. Everything was perfect. Raheem Mostert is, you know, ripping outside zone runs. It's great. They go touchdown, field goal, field goal to start, and you felt like, man, the Steelers are lucky that it's only 13 nothing because it, it seemed like the, the Dolphins could do anything they want, but they just kind of shot themselves in the foot as they got close to scoring their touchdowns and couldn't finish those drives. But I got to say that's kind of a trend for this Dolphins team. So you can see how good Mike McDaniel is as a coach. You can see how comfortable Tua is and how good he is when he's hot. I mean, he did that little pirouette move. I mean, never seen a play quite like that. Instead of a three-step drop, he put his back to the line of scrimmage and then just in and then just flipped around and threw it to it was like a one-step drop where he just spun and he threw that to Tyreek Hill like they're doing cool stuff and then you look up at the end of the game and they have 16 points and that was kind of similar when Teddy and Skylar Thompson was in they they had a ton of good stats but their offense has only scored over 21 points one time this year yeah, and, and it that's shows. with Tua, including, you know, in four Tua starts one time this year over 21 points. So they're getting a lot of yards, not scoring a lot of points. To your point about the fast start, they had 165 yards and 10 first downs before Pittsburgh had their first first down. And like big plays, too. I was shocked. I think Brian Flores did a good job, you know, maybe helping out with that defense and Mike Tomlin, and they made some adjustments. Minka Fitzpatrick had a good day. Uh, but they, they were the first team maybe almost all year uh, since, since week one to really – a week two to shut down Tyree Kill. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do doing think something. Like, no, I think it's just it, it, it. This just reminds me of the environment of every game where what we're seeming to watch, where it's like I don't know why the entire league seems to have shifted in a cozy fashion back to How 1971. Because you, you like old school no, but see, ugly that's, football. I, I don't like this though. This is like you're limited is the word for a lot of these offenses. I like when a offense can destroy someone on the ground every once in a while and just remind like more demoralize them psychologically. That's not this. This is demoralizing me psychologically when we're, you know, this is the, like the 10th hour of football today and it's a lot of low. I, I watched the Bucks Panthers game. I mean, yeah. hey, I, I, I like, uh, I'm sad that it demoralized you psychologically, but I do enjoy that. That's what you like out of your sports is, is one uh, team morally, or demoralizing the other team. It has been a I long I like day. punishment. I mean, in football. I'm with you, so, though. I do yeah. like a nice blowout every once in a while. I always say how I enjoyed that Seahawks-Broncos blowout in a Super Bowl. It, it, it's fun. This how wasn't about this? that. Wait, are the Dolphins good to continue yeah. our theme? I mean, they're on the fringe of good. I don't and I don't know. mean on the fringe of very good and good. I think they're on the fringe of good, and we'll see. Yeah, their defense kind of is so injured, and I'm not sure what to make out of them. Even before they were this injured, they were kind of middling. They only gave up 10 points tonight. They gave up 10 points to an offense totally in search of itself. Are the Steelers good? No, no. No, we're not there yet. Are the Titans good? Come on, you guys totally skipped over it. Well, I think unanimously we would put them in the good category, not maybe... Yeah, much good, higher good than such that. a low bar. I don't know. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Greg, yes, I uh, want to clean some up some housekeeping uh, from earlier, and I'm sure Mark's really glad that he's he's just getting the full blast of this. But just what you know, since we mentioned that the Rainmaker did miss the game. Uh, in Cincinnati. I do want to mention, not only did the Seahawks cover that game, but I hope you took the uh, money line there. 37-23. They won that thing straight up. So the Rainmaker went 1-1, one 3-1 one, one on the season. I'm going to take that. We just had to you know, mention that. Do you feel any responsibility for... That's nice for the people yeah. that took your advice on the Seahawks here, but like the other matchup that you totally... I, you know, 
you 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 you, you one made and a major one is, issue one there. and one is fine and the Seahawks covered they won by so much that it was like an easy walk at the park but no I don't like it I don't you cost wa- families uh, money no in both that Europe is not and America. what we do here that is Me against NFL policy <laughs> and uh, I don't want to hear from the listeners and now they'll do it more yeah, uh, who like send me like oh that they're following the rainmaker that's gonna make uh, the rainmaker come out less. You know, I don't want to deal with that. Okay. All right. I don't want to deal with any more uh, football talk today, but I can't wait uh, to talk about Monday Night Football. We've got the recap coming. Uh, got a special guest for that. Uh, you... Bill Barnwell is coming on to Ooh, talk a little Patriots. That should be. Bears. And then we'll spicy. be back with the regular show on Tuesday. And on we go. Look at that. Grave digger. Uh, for Dan Hansis, our host, carried us through, playing hurt. Uh, Mark Sessler, Justin Graver. See you too. Son, see you Monday night. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.